0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Why are you sleeping over there for buddy?
0: I'm out of caffeine.
1: <sighs> Hoosa. <housa. laughs> <laughs>
0: Man, uh yeah, I need I need a refill on the caffeine. So um welcome back to Sharp Iron Society. Uh today's podcast is brought to you. We're mixing it up. Change of format. Brought to you by Everproof proven uh, CrossFit in the heart of Dover, New Hampshire. Um Shades over here is telling me that it's in the old mill um, at fifty one Washington Street. Uh you can reach us at 603-740-0822 or email us at stone at everproven dot com. That's E V R P R V N dot com uh for more information. Uh we have everything you need uh as far as CrossFit goes. Uh, if you're looking for a racquetball court, we're not at no we're not going to do it. Um but we do have Olympic lifting, uh powerlifting, everything you need. Come and see us. We got kids programs, uh young and old can come in and uh and throw it down at your skill level and at your uh strength level. So come and check us out. Check us out on the web. Do it. Change your life.
1: You know what I'm going to say, right? What? Hundred and six miles to Chicago. Got a full tank of gas. Half back cigarettes. <laughs> it's dark out and we got sunglasses on. <sighs> What's he said? Hit it. Jesus Hit it. Christ. Looking for some support here, Scott, and you didn't let me down. I drew a blink. <laughs> Podcast is also brought to you by Port City Brazilian Jiu Jitsu which is the most fascinating place that you can walk into on the Seacoast, as far as I'm concerned, an eclectic group of individuals from high-priced attorneys and businessmen to high school dropouts and vagrants and criminals, all starting at zero and working hard (laughs) to be good at something, Uh, located inside the Seacoast Sports Club, uh, 8 Greenleaf Woods Drive. Um, we have classes for everyone. Advanced, beginner, women, children, you name it. Everyone's in there doing jiu-jitsu. Uh, seven days a week. Email us at portcitybjj.com and check out the schedule. Just come on in uh, and uh, try us out and we'll get you started. And you'll have a good time. I promise.
0: Yep. We promise you will get... You'll get your uh, money's worth you in would. both places. If you get past this dope ass intro, <laughs> <laughs> and I was talking about sponsors, uh, I hope you're. In, I I really hope that uh, you're um, encouraged to come in, and try something new, get outside, break your bubble, try one of these things. All right, just do it. Here's the podcast. <laughs> going to have to take a mad Indian shit halfway through this. I can feel
1: it. So keep talking about <laughs> that on the podcast. <laughs> that, from the, That's the, not making it in. From the hand signals, we're rolling. <laughs> <laughs> mad, mad Indian Which shit. number is this one? 14. 14? Yeah, Starting mm. off
0: 14. Talking about mad shits.
1: Matt, so let's clarify how you use the word mad. Mad? Now now we're talking mad like the kids use it, like a lot of, or angry. (laughs) I'm going with angry considering it's Indian food. Yeah. It tends to do that to you. (laughs) The the next question I have about that is, do you think that it's that spicy... (laughs) And that angry because it's coming from a culture that's been at war its entire existence <laughs> with Pakistan
0: no nah, man they they, well, they they've had peaceful times here and there yeah I, I, I that, mean you'd have to go into the history of uh, uh, of India it seems I'm like such exactly a weird culture,
1: like, yeah, I'm not in like between the whole. Like, uh, well, I mean, the they, Dalai Lama,
0: like... Not like, only war with themselves, but war with, uh, people that have been, like, pretty much conquering them, and, right. and um, but, no, they're, uh, like, going back into my, uh, my food days, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's something to do... You don't, you like, don't have I those actually, anymore? I actually brought, I, I brought this up last night when I was eating this fucking spicy-ass food, was, uh... It's interesting how cultures develop around, I mean, and every culture develops around food. I mean, like, it, I, I, we, ha- we, we don't exist without food, so therefore, like, there is going to be, be some sort of a culture uh, grown up around whatever we're eating. Like, pretty much every culture has some sort of a flatbread. Um, but you get these cultures that are centered more towards the equator that have hot food. And then you get further away from the equator, and food becomes more bland. Um, and I, I mean, it probably has something to do with vegetation and, and whatever. But it's just like hot peppers, like hot food. Where do you think of hot food? Like Mexico, right? India, Thailand. All those cultures have like these this really really food, hot food. Um, and then you get up to freaking Norway. Fish. <laughs> That's what you get. Right. Fish. Um, but no, I I had uh, I had some vindalo. That shit was hot. Not as hot as the curry that I had in England one time, uh, where I couldn't feel my face. It was so hot.
1: I think that that shit is interesting. Where you can tell like um, the influences of the history of what that country conquered and had taken back. You know what I mean? Like curry is like an Indian thing, but it's, they put it in everything in England and Scotland and uh, yeah, But Ireland. it's
0: mild curry. It's like, it's like <laughs> this mild stuff. I mean, they they have, there's actually a dish in, um, I, you're right. It's like curry fries in right. England. Right. It's good shit. Right. Um, but Welcome back to Sharp Iron <laughs> Society Podcast number yeah. fourteen. No guest today. No guest today. Just us, solo, glorious. Mm-hmm. Um. So you know what I don't want to end up being like. I just I noticed this this morning. Is I I don't want to be. I, actually, it's more of a question. I'll put it as a question. At what point in your life do you get issued? light blue jeans and those bright white New Balance or Nike sneakers that are all white and bright white and they make you look like you're instantly just, just settling into death.
1: When you stop <laughs> giving fuck about what you look like and you've gone 100% towards comfort.
0: I don't know. That dude this morning, I'm pretty sure he, he cared about what he looked like. He had a ponytail. You don't have long oh. hair like that.
1: Yeah, that's true. Did you see his mustache? Yeah, it's bad. So it was like it was I like understand. Zorro in a retirement home. <laughs> I understand like the whole like the, the wax your mustache thing is like back in, whatever. But it's only back in for certain people. Like that guy today just looked like a fucking creep with his long hair and his wax mustache.
0: Yeah, and his bright white shoes.
1: I was like, ugh, ugh. you have a sketch ball written all over you.
0: <laughs> no, I mean like some people like uh, the, the big wax mustache definitely works for him. It looks pretty. Uh, it looks pretty badass, a little savage. Other people, you look like you touch kids.
1: Um, I think more to do with anything, it ha- like the ponytail was what did it. Like if he just <laughs> would have had a wax mustache and no ponytail, like you no know, maybe maybe a regular haircut, like I would have let it slide. But that was have-
0: definitely a weird, weird uh, group of people. Well, uh, well, it was a weird family. Yes. The little kids had long hair too.
1: Slick back. They yeah. Fucking, they're rocking the slick back, <laughs> which is all right. You know, if you're cool, but those kids didn't look very cool. <laughs> no.
0: It looked like a failed drug lord. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um, we have a lot going on. Uh,
1: you were just at uh, Boston uh, BJJ Opens yesterday. The IBJJF Boston Open. Yesterday, all day from ten to three in a sweaty gymnasium <laughs> uh yeah, that was a good time went down had um only one of my students competed uh did pretty well took a took third bronze medal um you know uh and then the other kind of reason I was there is because Jared Weiner competed and crushed it. It was funny. He actually he lost his first match, um, I think, like 2 nothing. The guy ended up sweeping him with only a couple seconds left in the match and lost, but there was only three guys in his bracket. So then he fought uh, one guy, like the, that guy who didn't, like the, the third guy, tapped that guy and then had to go against the guy he lost to at the beginning again. And then ended up beating him like six uh, two or something like that. It was a war. It was like I hope someone videotaped it and he posted it somewhere or someone I can get my hands on the video. It was just, it was probably the most exciting match I saw her all day. This was back and forth, back and forth. And, yeah, uh, like points where like it was real. I think there were a ton of advantages. So in jiu-jitsu... IBJJF if you almost complete like a scoring maneuver so if you almost pass the guard if you almost get a takedown if you almost uh, sweep the guy something like that they give an advantage so um, and then an advantage no matter how many advantages you score you, uh, they never equal a point so you could have like it could be a zero-zero match but someone has 24 advantages you know what I mean whoever has the if the score is tied whoever has the most amount of advantages will win so, like, you could have, but, on the other hand, you could have, like, 24 advantages, and the guy just scores two points. The points always are more, no matter how many points they are, are always more than how many advantages there are. But I think in his match there were a ton of advantages because they were almost doing all this stuff, almost sweeps, almost passing guard, things like that, and they were just battling back and forth. And I think then <coughs> Jared ended up, I think he got swept, and then he swept the guy back, and then he passed his guard. So I think he, maybe he beat him 5-2. I think is what the score ended up being.
0: Now, given the fact that like I'm new to doing all this stuff, like, I understand what guard is. You get <clears throat> um, when you sweep somebody. Explain so, that.
1: I, what constitutes a sweep, as far as I know? I mean, I'm I used to know um, like be on top of the IBJJF rules and know them all, but they seem to they like modify them a little bit every year. And I mean, there there people have well, like conspiracy theories about why they do that, you know. Um, but I've kind of lost track of like what actually, like what the all the rules are. I should probably take a referee's course and and kind of learn it again. Um, but uh, as far as I know, what constitutes a sweep is when you reverse position, when one person goes from their butt to their knees, and the other person goes from their knees or their feet to to their butt. And you have, you have to do it for three seconds. So, like, if I sweep somewhere and they fall to their hip and then I don't get up to my knees, I never scored the sweep points. So, you have to, like, either get to your knees or your feet and that person has to go to their an ass cheek or flat on their back or something. like Not even like they have to. And uh, you have to hold that position for three seconds. So, they won't give you the sweep points unless you sweep and hold the person on their back and you're on your feet for three seconds gotcha yeah oh
0: that like the 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 realm of competitive uh bjj is uh like I, it's like i don't even want to think about it at this point um <laughs> just just in my learning phase right now is like i'm just worried about right now not getting like completely owned every time i i get out there
1: yeah, you definitely I mean, at your phase of learning, I mean it's kind of just you're you're learning how to survive. You know, you're learning how to not get tapped and how to uh, kind of stay safe and put yourself in safe positions and recover your guard and maintain your guard and kind of learning the uh the the um the physics of jujitsu and the science of it. Um like You're in a one on one course pretty much. Yeah. No, Uh,
0: I I, I try to
1: muscle my way
0: through it way too much.
1: But that being said, that like, and you can start doing it at Blue Belt. Like, well, I can go on this big rant about the state of competitive jujitsu if you want me to, but uh, you can get really, really sucked into the uh, being that the kind of that strategy and and that the tactics of competition jujitsu, like it can you can really really it can start engulfing your whole jiu-jitsu existence of how to win points tournaments you know what i mean and a lot of guys go that way and you see like i know some blue belts who are uh <laughs> like so i have not really a friend of mine she's like an acquaintance i've only met her a couple of times and friends are on facebook and, and instagram and she's been to our academy a couple of times and like her boyfriend is a uh, is a really High level black belt competitor. She's a really, she's actually a really high level brown belt competitor, and uh, she, I mean, she crushes and she's awesome. She's always posting stuff on uh, Facebook. Like I agree with, like, a lot. she's just this awesome chick. But she posted this thing. It's like, when did blue belts start putting having their own athlete pages and things like that? Like they have like their like on Facebook they are like like my athlete page. I'm like you're a blue belt. Like you've only been doing jujitsu for a fucking a year. You know what I mean? You have this. Yeah. I'm a competitive athlete in jujitsu. You know, and uh,
0: that's that's like chicks that like start start powerlifting. They they go to like one powerlifting camp, and all of a sudden they put on their Instagram powerlifting, all right? Like powerlifting athlete. Right. <clears throat> I rem- I remember what it was, but I remember seeing something about. Um, I think it was like uh, official gym memes. uh had something about like 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 girls work out for a week and all of a sudden change their name to like their name fit
1: right (laughs) right right exactly that's kind of how and but i mean i think it was a legit question like she put it up there she was like at what point does a blue belt get to have their own athlete page or put bjj in their instagram handle you know what i mean yeah and i don't know what the point is because i would venture a guess that like i mean there are some really, I don't know, it's such a muddy waters, you know what I mean? Like, So if you took like a high level, like a guy that was a, and I, I'm going to assume, I, I don't know anybody that's done this, to be honest with you, but if you took like someone who's like a division one national champion wrestler, or um, an Olympic judo player, you know what I mean? And then they start doing jiu-jitsu, at blue belt, once they get a blue belt in jiu-jitsu, they'll probably hang with or be able to beat a lot of black belts. You know what I mean? But unless you have like that some kind of background, no matter if you're the best blue belt in the world, you're not gonna beat the best black belts in the world, no matter yeah. who you are. You know what I mean? And it's just it's a weird thing about like jujitsu right now, is like a lot of like I'm like I don't know, blue belts have sponsors. You know what I mean? Like jujitsu sponsors, like where they're sponsored by a gi company or which is like awesome, like good for them. I'm not hating on them. Whatever. Do you think it's like
0: an investment?
1: Yeah, it could be. You know, I know like a lot of companies like so this is a kid. He actually just posted this thing. So I am uh, a sponsored brand ambassador for showy roll kimonos, which is like I couldn't I've been wearing Showy roll since I was a white belt like or blue belt because of Kenny and Jared. Um, but uh, and I just happened to get on their team because I've been wearing their stuff for so long. You know what I mean? And the guy who owns it, Bear, was like even wearing our geese for so long, you know. Thanks for the support. Do you want to be on that team? And I'm like, fuck yeah! Like, I never, I never would have asked to be on the team. I never would have approached them about, you know. So I just got very fortunate and really lucky, just because I was so loyal to the brand for so long. Just and I, the only reason I really am loyal to that, or I was loyal to the brand, was because they make a great product, you know what I mean, their gi's fit me really well, Um, their customer service has always been awesome, you know, like, back in the day, I had a ripped gi or two, and they, you know, either gave me a discount, or a free gi, you know what I mean, for the next batch, or, you know, so, they're awesome guys, they are, you know, promote promoters, but, anyway, the guy who, and they are, like, they do have, like, some lower belt sponsors, like, or athletes they sponsor, but the majority, they don't really start sponsoring people until they're black belts. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, But that being said, he posted this thing about this kid who was a Gracie Baja black belt now named Lucas Hosha. He's actually doing the EBI next weekend. Um, But I can remember back in the day, they're putting on like a sick highlight video of him like Pearl Belt. You know what I mean? Like it was like a, it was a competition. I think it was like Worlds, you know, 2013 or 2012 or something like that when he was a Pearl Belt and a Brown Belt that season and they put it out and like he's out, he's been on their team since he was like a pro belt. You know what I mean? There's some other guys like Michael Lear jr. And, um, some other guys, but it's just, so I think like those guys are an investment, you know what I mean? But if, like, I don't know. It's weird. It's the com- competition jujitsu scene is, is, is it's a, it's a weird thing to me.
0: Yeah. You know I mean, mean like I'm, I'm very new to it and I'm, I'm opening my eyes to it, but I can like, <clears throat> I can imagine there's some correlation between that and um, even like sponsorship in the CrossFit world where it's um, you have a lot of different companies out there just trying to get their name out there and you get somebody with a little bit of notoriety. And like this day and age, too, like you don't even have to be a really high level athlete. As long as you have a name and you might have like a lot of followers on Instagram, right. They're gonna start throwing things at you just because of your popularity on in Instagram and you're constantly hawking their stuff, and right? I mean, there's there's a slew of people. I'm actually going through and like starting to delete some of them where I'm I'm like, oh, like look 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 at this person. They're sponsored by this, and you you go through their you you start paying attention to their Instagram like. This person doesn't do shit. Right. Like They don't do anything. It's like it's like Christmas Abbott. <laughs> she doesn't do anything. She right. just shows off her ass. Right. So uh, Christmas Abbott is a CrossFitter, uh, by the way. Um, pretty much everybody knows who Christmas Abbott is at this point. Like, right. You don't even have to like CrossFit to know who Christmas Abbott is. Yeah, she's she's attractive, but it's like she doesn't go to the games. She doesn't do any of that stuff. She just shows off her ass, makes a calendar, tells you how to eat, (laughs) does some NASCAR stuff. Right. Um, so it's like it's almost like being sponsored just for notoriety, as opposed to like actual your actual skill level or your strength level. Right.
1: Um. Well, I think it's 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 also a weird time. I think in, um, just in culture in general, like I, uh, I mean, you can go down a ton of different avenues with this. I feel like, um. But uh, the the social media kind of anomaly that's starting to happen where, like, everyone can talk, you know what I mean? Everyone has a, their own, like, spotlight or TV channel, you know what I mean? Yeah. You, can go on, you can go on YouTube right now and make a YouTube channel. A podcast. Right. <laughs> 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 fucking listen to idiots fucking talk on a podcast. <laughs> but uh, it's weird, like... Uh, and I think I have this problem. Like, I definitely have this problem just because of the way... I don't know if it was the way I was brought up or... And we talked about this a little bit, like, working with my dad. Like, just hating fucking money. Like, I, I don't want to deal with money. Like, I I hate it. Um, but that... like, And like I said, like, I've mentioned this before. Like, I would do everything for free if somehow I could just compensate with the things that I need to live, you know?
0: Yeah, if you could live for free.
1: Right. I would... I'd do everything for free, you know what I mean? Um, but that being said, like, I think a lot of people don't know in both directions, positive, negative, their value in life. You know I mean? Some people have, like, this inflated value of themselves. And, like, I'm worth X amount of money or I'm worth X amount of whatever. I don't even know if it was, would be money, but some kind of, you know, however you're going to monetize yourself. Yeah. And then some people, like, don't know how much they're actually worth. Like, you know, you're you you you're worth a lot more than you're charging for whatever you're doing, you know what I mean? like. Yeah. And it's weird. That, um, that
0: comes into humility.
1: Right. But it's, it's, I mean, I guess, but it's weird, like, what people will pay for things, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, like, we talked about this on the way over here, like, there's some clothing brands, like, that, like, are popular, and I'm like, I have no idea why that's popular. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like, like, that was the one thing, like, I've been getting you guys, because I'm a because I'm sponsored by Show Your Roll or affiliated with Show Your Roll however you want to call it. Like I've been getting you and Elliot into the Show Your Roll thing and that is one of those things where like I, th- even though I love their geese and I am glad that I'm on their team and I'll wear sh- even if I wasn't sponsored by Show Your Roll or, or affiliated with them in any way I would still wear their geese. The whole aff- like the whole Show Your Roll market thing like where people trade and sell showy rolls after they buy them from Showy Roll is the weirdest fucking thing to me ever. Because like if we can go on eBay right now and like if I type in showy roll and do highest price, I guarantee mm-hmm. you there's a showy roll on that's fifteen hundred dollars. That's two thousand dollars. It's like sneakers. It's like uh like Jordan's. You know what I mean? Like yeah. and I kinda get the whole Jordan thing because he's such an iconic guy, you know what I mean? Like with the're just fucking sneakers, you know what I mean you're wearing them on like and it's the same thing with like show your old geese when people are like brand new in bag, and I'm like that gee came out fucking six years ago, and you haven't worn it yet like yeah i, I literally take my geese out of the bag, look at them, throw them in the washing machine, and wear them you know what i mean <laughs> like they 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 are not new for more than five seconds when they get to my house, you know what I mean, and it's just this is weird. And then the people that
0: apparently, when you uh, get a new gi, you're supposed to wash it before you wear it. (laughs) It smells like fucking mothballs, man. (laughs) (laughs) I made that mistake the other night. Like, oh man, I gotta roll with you,
1: crispy fucking brand new gi, (laughs) new guy. Right, the new guy. Um, But that being said, like, it's and it's amazing what the market will pay for. Like, people are paying. Yeah. That and I'm like, but it's
0: like. But I mean, like the people that are paying that much for a gi, are they going to then keep it inside of a bag and like hold on to it? But I got this really, really special gi that I'm like, I paid $1,500 for it. Uh, and I, I mean, are they gonna like hang it up on a wall inside of a glass case because it's so nice, or are they actually gonna wear it? That's that's the question. I mean, it's like the when you pay. X amount of hundreds of dollars for Jordans, because you you like you feel like you need to have like that specific brand of Jordans. Um, like, are you then going to proceed to wear them? Uh, that 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 that's my overall question. It's it's it's. I mean, it's like borderline retarded if you ask me. Um, show me, these gray, Transformers Megatron, twelve hundred dollars.
1: Right. Right, I have I have the Optimus Prime, yeah. and it's like, I mean, it's a sweet gee, but I'm not paying fucking twelve hundred dollars for it. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: because I mean, if you're gonna pay twelve twelve hundred dollars for that gee, are you going to roll in it?
1: Uh, I mean, I would, <laughs> <laughs> but again, I fucking hate money.
0: I mean, may- maybe if like your your income is is like way up, way higher than everybody else's. Um, maybe you would wear it just because it was a cool gi, but I I, I just don't understand it. I mean, like, how much the gi's probably cost, uh, when, when, when they're made. I mean, what's, what's the, what,
1: like $60.
0: Yeah. <laughs> jo- Jordan Air Jordans. Is Michael Jordan making those fucking shoes? Right. No, he's not. Some, like, poor kid in China is making those shoes. Right. And it's costing, f- um, it's costing Nike to make them for $5 and you're paying like, like an exorbitant amount of money for them. And it's, I don't know. It's weird. It's, it's almost like it's all hype. And that's, that's what it boils down to. It's just, it's just hype.
1: So my by my calculations, looking at fucking eBay right now, I have about $20,000 worth of geese at home. (laughs) 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 At least I know if I need to pay my mortgage. I'll be able to do it in a pinch. You can show your pajamas. Right. I use pajamas. Just <laughs> the fucking craziest thing ever. It's weird. Uh yeah. So I mean and but that like going back to that, it's like I, I mean, I don't know. It's it's weird. It's and but it's weird like the value that people put on certain things. Yeah. You know. It's just weird.
0: Uh I don't I don't get it. Right. I don't get it. Yeah. I mean there there's so much m- so many more things you could put value to and people are putting value on on shoes right I mean, like n- not even like nice like patent like I don't know, some some kind of high end leather like alligator skin or rhino rhino skin shoes so or even like that. it's just like it's a normal pair of shoes
1: or or get this so this is the other fucking like thing that uh i have trouble with and going beyond material objects how much is one's time worth that is like that is the weird one to me where i'm like how much is someone's time worth you you're you're essentially giving somebody something you'll never get back you know what i mean it's weird it isn't like it's weird it's weird what someone's time like to monetize someone's time you know what i mean and that's like one of the things like so my regular i mean even giving a private lesson in jujitsu you know what i mean like i love teaching jujitsu i like I've said it before, and I've said like I feel like that's what I was put on this earth to do is teach jujitsu. like that's my 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 purpose in life, and I'll do it till the day I die, and I'll do it for free without a doubt. So like if I have no possible way to monetize my teaching of jiu Jitsu, I would do it for free because I love it that much, but even giving a private lesson, I'm like, I don't like I have like this this arbitrary number that I throw on it, but I'm like, it's a weird catch22 because it's something I love to do. Yeah, but it's also my time that I'm giving. I'm giving to someone and I'll never get back. You know yeah. what I mean?
0: No, it's. It, I I definitely I I I fell into that trap too. Where um, we started uh, advertising private coaching at our at our CrossFit gym, and I think I probably was the lowest mo- like monetary value like coach. Like if if you wanted to hire me as a as a private coach to you. I'm probably the cheapest one out there, <laughs> right? Because I mean, I enjoy doing what I do. Right. I mean, like I, I absolutely love teaching, and I love, I love getting people to move correctly and move the way I want them to move. Um, <clears throat> and I love watching the light bulb just shine like a beacon the second they get like a clean, and it felt like nothing to them because they hit all the good positions, right. <clears throat> and they did it the way they're supposed to do. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that one where it's like,
1: but then on the flip I, side, I, I
0: cheapen myself out.
1: But the the other flip side of that too is, is like, so it's, it's, I don't know where to go with the conversation because it's like, uh, the whole $15 an hour minimum wage thing. You know what I mean? Like on the one hand, I totally agree with that. Like, I'm like, yeah, minimum wage should be higher. Everyone should have to be able to make a, a living wage. And I mean, I think there are like other... Um, like aspects that go into this, like the inflation rate and things like that and what people put a value on for other things other than your time, which makes you have to like value your time more so you can make a living wage to afford the things that people are putting a value on. But I mean, there are some people who are like, maybe their time isn't worth $15 an hour. You know what I mean? <laughs> maybe, maybe you're that fucking useless. You know what I mean? It's weird. It's it's a weird thing. I don't have an answer for it. But valuing yeah. someone's time is... That,
0: that comes down to... Uh, I think that comes down to ethics. I mean, like, your personal ethics is um, stepping back and, like, actually having the wherewithal to be like, am I actually worth $15? Is what I'm doing actually worth $15? Am I working hard enough to make that $15? Like, I know... I can say like I can go to sleep at night comfortably, saying saying that like I I earned every single penny that I earned, that 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 I was paid today. Like I know I worked like at the level that I'm at, uh, probably more so because I like I said like I I'm I'm cheap on myself. Um, <clears throat> so it, you're right. I mean it's like it's like I want fifteen dollars, but I'm still gonna work like it's seven,
1: right? <laughs> Oh, yeah, but I mean, but that that goes along with the whole, like, teaching jujitsu thing. Like, I feel like, so that's the other weird thing about teaching jiu-jitsu is, um, especially at my, like, my own academy or whatever, like, people are, like, the funniest thing is, like, when someone's like, oh, you got to work tonight? And I'm like, no, like, fucking I haven't worked at night and fucking ever, like, whatever. And they're like, oh, no, you're teaching class. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm teaching class and like like that's not fucking work you know what i mean but to people it's still a job you know what i mean cuz it's my responsibility to be there and i am giving my time yeah. to people you know what i mean but like people are like yeah you're working i'm like no i'm not that's not fucking work like it's weird it's, it's 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 i mean i guess you could look up like what is the definition of fucking work and if it follows that whole thing like is that you know what it is you know like i don't know it's it's a weird thing
0: yeah, no, I, I haven't. I haven't worked a solid hour. Right. <laughs> right. When I'm teaching CrossFit. Right. Um. But uh. Yeah. I mean. I. I. Like what I do, I love what I do. I mean, like my work work. Um. Which I can't. I can't name what I do. <laughs> uh. Just for 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 uh legal purposes, but um. I I like. There's days where I don't even feel like I'm working. Right. I'm working in I'm working in Disneyland. Right. Um and there's days where like actually work is work and I'm stressed out. Um but uh as far as like teaching CrossFit, yeah, it's like I haven't worked one solid hour. Right. It's I mean like I I get so excited when I get somebody to do something that like that that they really should be doing. I mean same thing with you. Like if if you're if you're teaching like uh, you're probably like, I mean, when you get somebody to hit every single position in a move, you're, I mean, like, you get excited, like, just, like, absolutely, like, excited. You see them doing what you want them to do.
1: Right. Well, and, I mean, and we're talking about, like, working a solid hour and things like that. The other weird thing is, um, like, those people out there that only teach CrossFit for a living or only... Teach jujitsu for a living, like yeah. that is such like a like mind blower to me when I find out about people who do that. I'm like, how, how, how do you do that? Like, I, I don't even know how one would like, and it's one of those things where I, aspire to it. Like, I, like if that was my life, just teaching jujitsu, like I, I would be the happiest guy in the entire world. Nothing that would be the greatest.
0: Yeah, but at some point, you would probably get to the point where it would be like, be like, this is, I mean, this is, this is a career and it's taking the fun out of it. Cause I know I'm mean, like, I've, I've talked to some people where it's like, it's like, man, I used to really, really, really love what I do. But, um, now it's becoming like, it's just becoming a grind every single day of doing the same thing. So it's, it's one of those things where I, I, I think that's more of a balance issue than anything. Like too much of one thing is, is,
1: is sometimes not a good thing. Yeah, I don't know. It's, 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 but I mean, I, I don't think it's less of a balance issue and more of a perspective issue. Yeah. Like, I mean, think of all the other crap things you could be doing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you'd be out somewhere digging a ditch to put a fucking sprinkler system in,
0: pumping shit out of somebody's septic tank. Right.
1: Like, there are, you just need to realize that there are certain things you need to sacrifice to make. To do what you want to do you know what i mean that everyone's going to make a sacrifice and the sacrifice is dealing with the business aspect of it or whatever getting up and and being there all the time at least you're somewhere that you created you know what i mean yeah. like when you're in like so i know a ton of people like they spend all day seven days a week either in their gym or in their academy but that's your academy that you created you know what I mean if you want to make it different, make it different. it's yours, yeah, you know what I mean, and I think that that's the perspective you need to have you know what I mean it's just weird
0: <clears throat> well I mean that also goes into um like whatever you are doing, be great at it right. i mean be that's that was, before I went into the the job field um and 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 working part-time jobs in high school, whatever. Uh, my dad, it stuck, it stuck with me, like, through my entire life, which is, like, whatever you do, even if it's pumping gas, be great at whatever it is.
1: Right. Just, just be great at I it. I just saw a email the other day. Like, if you're going to flip burgers, flip the dopest burgers you can. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: it's completely true right I mean like like aspire to be great at whatever you're doing right um even if it is flipping burgers or pumping gas um yep and and i mean like i've seen some i've seen some of the happiest people um just doing just doing what they love, and like I get this one guy that that uh delivers delivers to me um once or twice a week uh works for um i think he works for fedex. <clears throat> He's the happiest truck driver I've ever met. He's amazing at his job. Like, I've seen this dude, like, j- just do a zero turn in a in a parking lot. I'm like, he's definitely going to hit that fucking car. And it comes within inches of hitting somebody's car and just, like, tears out of there. I'm like, right. like, this guy's got to be, like, one of the best truck drivers I've ever seen. That's a, that's I, a thrill for the like,
1: day. He's like, can I do it? I'm going <laughs> to do it. Going <laughs> for it. <laughs>
0: Wonder how many times he's failed. <laughs>
1: Well, probably too many times he wouldn't be working for FedEx anymore. But,
0: <laughs> but uh, I mean, like he's always happy. He's always right. just like it was like, "Good day to you, sir." Right? Like, like, like I always have a smile on my face after he leaves because right. he's, he's like he's so happy all the time. He right. loves his job. Um, so whatever you're doing out there, right? Love it.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, People like that are the best. You know, like there's some days, like where. I, mean, we talked, I talked about this with Kevin one time about how, like, it's weird to me, like, um, I don't know how to say this without sounding insensitive, because I, I am sensitive to the topic, and it's one of those things, but, like, people with depression or things like that, like, I can't even fathom that, you know what I mean? Like, and, um... Only because, like, I'm trying to do this tactfully because I am sensitive to the topic. You know what I mean. And I understand people. Everyone kind of has their own battle, and you know, this, this some things in the world that people deal with that I will never understand. Um, You know that. And but this is one of them. Is like, I could be having the shitty. And I mean, maybe this is. I'm goes for someone who battles with depression too. You know, is 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 maybe this happens to them. And and I would. There would be great if it did. But like. I could be pumping gas or go walking into a grocery store or, or doing whatever and having the most miserable day ever. And if someone holds that door for me and gives me a smile and a nod, I'm like, oh, the world is right again. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> it, it could change my whole day. We talked about that one time. It was like, um, like I could be doing something and be having a crap day and just see something. Where like I'm like oh that brightened up my day. I remember I think like like a dog in the front seat riding shotgun with his head out the window. Like I could be having the crabbiest day ever, and a dog drives by who is clearly having a good time in the front seat of a truck with his head out the window. Yeah, I'm like, like that's cool, man.
0: I'm I'm gonna quote uh the the man Tate Fletcher on this one. It's I mean it sounds like such uh it's like I I. Me personally, I try to steer away from trying to sound like a hippie at all, right? because <laughs> there's something—it's—it's it's the ingrained punk rock, uh, punk rock mentality in my body to, to steer away from the uh, steer away from the hippies, because you just—if you're a punk rocker, you hate hippies. Uh, <laughs> that's a all side note, but um, not to sound like a hippie. <laughs> uh I think it was Tate Fletcher put up a post, um about he was just walking through a mall and they in the mall they had some sort of like uh like a trapeze. W- yeah. It was, oh, yeah, it was yeah. a trapeze and like these kids were harnessed in, they were learning how to do trapeze and the kids were just making the the, the sh- I mean just like making the best noise in the world like little kids got, having fun. And screaming right. And like you just he's voicing over and he he's like this shit makes my heart smile. Like, hearing this stuff and walking through this mall and, like, it makes my heart smile. And, right. like, and that's what that is. I mean, it really is. Like, you get this weird little, I mean, you get these weird feelings, like, internally where it's just, like, I don't know, it's, like, nerve endings or, or right. what. They're just firing off all at the same time. It was like, you just get happy about it, just right. seeing that kind of stuff happen.
1: But the, And then the other thing, too, is, like, recalling those memories <clears throat> when you're having a shitty time. And it, it's still turning your day around. Like so, there's two things that I kind of remember that are that are just two random things that happened in my life, um, for a, a split second, that kind of when I'm having a shitty day, I can think about it and it makes me kind of just chuckle to myself. Is one time I was in Target, and I'm walking down the aisle, right, and coming out from one of the side aisles is this kid, and he's pushing this cart, and there's a little kid in the cart, but that being said, in the cart was, I don't know, it was some kind of piece of heavy furniture where the front of it was sticking out the front of the cart, and the kid was standing on the piece of the furniture with his hands on his hips, like, in, like, a like a runner stance like this, <laughs> like he was a superhero, and, like, so I'm walking down the aisle, and he's making... Like weaving down the aisles this way. So, as I'm getting closer to him, like just for a split second, the kid's passing down the aisle like this with his hands on his hips, standing like toes to the nose of this piece of furniture hanging out of this fucking shopping cart. Or was like it, it just was like, I'd see it. I'd see it. I'd see it. And as I'd get closer, the kid, he like, I swear to God, he must have not broken that stance for 10 minutes, but I'd only see it for a fraction of that 10 minutes, you know what I mean? So I can think back on that now, and I'm like, oh man, that was the funniest shit ever, <laughs> you know what I mean? And then, so I have actually two more, now I'm remembering one. One time I was driving down uh, 151, coming from uh, Newmarket, getting into Dover, you know where like the new Shop and Save is there on the left. Well, the next set of lights, the sidewalk, you get to the side of the place, you push a button, you go to the sidewalk. It was a kid, pushing another kid in a stroller. The kid was probably like 15, maybe, and I don't know, the kid was like probably four or three or something like that. But it was one of those shitty strollers with the fucking plastic wheels and the canvas like seat you sit in, like a real, it was almost like a doll stroller. But the kid was sprinting with this kid in the stroller and he was like, Drifting it around the corners, <laughs> and the kid in the fucking wheelchair was laughing his ass off, like hysterically, like so I could hear it over the engine of my truck sitting there at the light. Oh, it was the funniest shit ever! Like, and they were like running, and he was like whipping it around the corners and stuff. Oh man, it was so funny. And then the last one is one time I was work. I lived in Portland for a while, and uh, I worked at a body shop. And while I worked at the body shop, I was living in Portland, and my fucking childhood dog died like that day, and I was having like the crappiest day ever. But two doors down from the body shop I worked in, there was a recording studio. <laughs> and at the time, there was a rap group recording in the studio, and it was one skinny little black guy trying to teach a very large black guy how to ride a bike for the first time, and they were like in, probably in their 20s, and like the whole interaction was just like the funniest thing ever. So I went from having a shitty day, because my dog died, to watching a grown, overweight man with cornrows try to ride a bicycle. (laughs) And like but like the whole like there was like the the whole rap group was there being super supportive of this guy trying to learn how to ride a bike. You know what I mean? Like it was such like a childlike, like motivational thing, but the guy was a grown man. You know what I mean? Like it was but those three things, like if I'm having a crappy day I think back at it I'm like, oh man, that shit was funny. (laughs) I don't want to get involved it's like everything you guys are talking about reflects
2: right back onto your your onto your things. But fucking CrossFit, when I was fucking this tall, I could do all this shit on the jungle gyms. Right. Like a ton of shit. Like jumping from one to the other and flipping your feet up and coming up isn't a problem at all. We could do those like hip circle things. I don't think you guys maybe didn't do that. You probably weren't allowed to do it on your on your ship. But you can just basically go, you're up like this and you go like you throw your hips around you just come back around you just keep going
1: Right. Know? and uh yeah and fucking jiu it's the same thing it's like a li- you're like a little kid just right. like beating the shit out of your friend right, right? you're, you're housing right it's
2: just little kid shit done by adults why
1: do people stop doing this shit right well and that's like I've said that before the only reason I go to CrossFit is to drop heavy things from over my head on the floor <laughs> like <laughs> that's like one of the funnest things It's like just getting really heavy weight on my head and being like I'm gonna let this go it's gonna be awesome <laughs> the goddamn floor but out there. Right. Like, oh we talked right. about that with Pete, like fucking skateboarding. Like, don't stop doing that shit, man. If you like that shit, keep doing it.
0: Yeah. Well I mean like half half of the reason I love being in the CrossFit gym is uh is yeah. because it's basically an adult playground. Right.
1: <laughs> well that's the same thing with like Jiu Jitsu man. Like my whole life when I can remember being a kid my my, my especially my grandmother, no rough housing. Stop rough housing. Don't rough house and now guess what I do all day for fun. Rough-ups. <laughs> why, why, why do you call
2: it an adult playground? Why, why did we have to say adult playground? What the fuck? Like, it's just a I playground. can oh, right. get on the playground? What
1: the fuck? Right. Well, that, so speaking of that, like, look at the bar stars. The bar stars, like, that's the craziest shit ever. You ever seen that stuff? Yeah. But the same thing. They just go to playgrounds and fucking do shit. You know what I mean? Like. So the moral of the story is, Scott, that we're just two really big kids. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> like, yeah. everything, everything we do. It either goes makes makes a loud noise or like, man. Yeah.
0: I, it it it's that stupid saying like you're only as young as you feel. Right. And if you if you if you portray yourself and walk around like you're freaking sixty and you're
1: thirty, you're. If, gonna... you're wearing, if you're wearing light blue jeans and white sneakers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: If you've turned in your stylist clothes into non-styled white shoes and and blue jeans, um. You've already given up.
1: Right. Don't give up. Don't give up.
0: Never, 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 never give up. Right. Never I'll, give up. I How could, many times you heard that commercial lately?
1: Right. Uh, that was like, man, I when I was in Portsmouth, I used to see a guy downtown all the time that Albus was wearing. It's funny you could tell he was like just at that well, this is a whole nother conversation we have. But um like just that turnaround rate in his life where like uh like he was old enough to be old you know what i mean but young enough like it's i don't know how to say this at some point like the our old generation are going to be listening to rap music cuz that's what they grew up on you know what i mean it's it's weird right exactly or, or punk rock or whatever but this guy he was like older probably in his 60s had snow white hair snow white beard whatever but he wore chuck taylors and straight leg levi's jeans every day like you know what you remember and had like whatever on for a shirt you know but you can tell that's what he grew up on was chuck taylor's and levi's jeans like, i can remember him talking about like when he was a kid if your jeans didn't have that little red tag on it you were a fucking dork you know what <laughs> i mean so like for the rest of his life he would wear jeans with a little red tag on it like they need to have so it's funny kind of bringing this full circle like what is cool and stays cool you know what i mean that's the thing man like some fads come and go, but stuff, some stuff is iconic, you know what I mean? And stays cool forever. I you mean, know, I fucking wear Levi's, you know what I mean? like Chuck Taylors right?
0: will always, always be iconic. Van, Van
1: slip-ons. <clears throat> you know oh, what hell I mean? yeah. Like, Van slip-ons will always be cool. It's funny.
0: But all-white New Balance will never, ever be cool. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> never. <laughs> right. Well, so, like, but it's also so think of all the things you're not into that are still cool like I'm not really into country music at all but Johnny Cash and Merle Haggard will always be fucking cool you know what I mean like what yeah. and I you know what so I think that comes down to being authentic you know what I mean that's that's the number one thing right there is like Johnny Cash and Merle Haggard were authentic Johnny real Haggard was a legit fucking convict who escaped from jail like 18 times. You know what I mean? Like the, Ronald Reagan pardoned him when he was governor of California. That's the only reason he wasn't back in jail. But that's who he was. That's was that he was like authentic. You know what I mean? Yeah. Same thing with like fucking Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash was a fucking tortured soul, and that's what he sang about. You know what I mean? He was authentic. So anything that's cool, like it needs to be like that's that. I think that maybe that's what the key to being cool is is authentic. You know yeah. what I mean? Steve McQueen. Steve McQueen is the coolest motherfucker on the face ever on the face of the planet, and that's because he was as cool as the guys that he played in those movies. Yeah, you know, I, I, I don't
0: think any like a lot of the country stars out there that talk about like being country. Like, I really don't think they're country at all. Like, fuck Luke Bryan. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know.
0: <laughs> that guy is like just not. I don't know, but that's what I'm saying. Country. Is like I don't.
1: I don't know enough about country to know who's authentic in country right now but ask me in 10 years or 20 years who was authentic in country when i was a kid i'll probably be able to tell you because i still be around you know yeah. what i mean
0: there's people that i want to think that are authentic like i want to like as as much as is they're definitely uh weird in their sound they throw a little bit of like uh rapping in there here and there i don't know a florida georgia line it's like i want to believe that those guys are like really i mean they're from like kind of like back country <laughs> of florida I, ron's like shaking his head um i know about the whole nashville uh machine like i understand it and under I mean, like real country really doesn't come from nashville anymore I mean, yeah. the like, it hasn't come from Nashville for a very long time. That's, I, don't, I, don't know. Just, I don't know. Any of my, I don't know about any of this shit. Half half the half the country stars out there, like, actually, probably the majority of the country stars out there don't even write their fucking music anymore. It's somebody else writing that. I mean, like, they've been doing this for a while. I mean, like, one of my favorite all-time country music stars, uh, Chris Christopherson. I can't stand it when he's singing. Like, I really don't like his voice at all. But the music he wrote, god. god damn, so fucking good. I mean, like Sunday Morning coming down. Like everybody knows that song. Right. I hate it when he sings it.
1: When, like, Johnny <laughs> Cash sings it, right? Or it's, fucking, it's money. Or, or like Waylon Jennings. Like I oh mean, all those guys in the Highwaymen. Yeah, I mean that's like that's a, <laughs> so. Um, it's funny that like it it's took me this long to kind of get into them because I wasn't whatever. But like Pete. Um, fucking put up a thing the other day. Like I've been listening to so much Clutch lately, Clutch and the Sword for that one reason. Like just because like the way like I'm like oh this is like authentic fucking music. They're not bullshitting. You know what I mean? It's it's fucking awesome. Like and I'm so I'm almost uh like ashamed that it took me so long to start listening to them because everyone for, I, and it took fucking Pete to be like no. Clutch is the greatest band ever. I'm like, really? Fucking fine. I'll listen to it. And I'm like, you are right. <laughs> I,
2: I, I, did you see the video from their newest album, which is not on
1: Spotify? No. Oh, my God. No. It's the best. I, I like only am aware of what is on Spotify. Like That's what I listen to. It, I think
0: this day and age, it's hard to be truly authentic. I mean, there, there's been so much done that it's hard to not be influenced by one thing or the other. Um, especially in the music realm. I mean, like, would you would you agree with that over there? This whole conversation is about
2: what the definition of authentic. Because there's nothing in music that you haven't heard before. There's only seven fucking notes, and it's not about being something you've never heard. Original is just is. It's like how you do the same thing, right? Yeah. It's not. I can make up a bunch of notes that you don't even know, but who the fuck cares? It's a popular format. You know, it's like a collage of ideas. So I think authentic is just, are you just ripping the shit off or do you really love what you're doing? Yeah. Not as much like, did you make this thought that nobody's ever heard, you know? Well,
1: I I also think, I mean, being, I mean, you can be influenced and inspired by all sorts of shit doesn't mean you're not authentic anymore. I mean, I feel like that's like, I've I've said this before, I mean, and bringing it back to what I do. The, or what I what I commit the most of my time to is, is Jiu-Jitsu is I, as far as Jiu-Jitsu goes there isn't a move out there that hasn't been done someone's done every move it may not be popular and it may not be out there in the mainstream and people are trying to recreate it all the time but I guarantee there's not a Jiu-Jitsu move that I've ever done before that no one has ever done before you know what I mean as someone's always and I say this when I do when I'm teaching Jiu-Jitsu I've like, honestly as far as Jiu-Jitsu goes and probably my whole life I've never had a fucking original thought in my whole goddamn life. But I have made original connections. You know what I mean? Like, I take what I have learned and put it together in my own style. So my jiu is very authentic to myself. But it's all just borrowed from all these influences. You know, Marcelo Garcia, Gary Tonin, uh, you know, um, Lucas Leish. Uh, I mean trying to think of who else i i I really i mean uh dave camarillo um you know uh teaching style john danaher you know i can name all these guys that have influenced me in my pathway to jiu-jitsu but i would like to think that my jiu-jitsu and the way i teach and the way i roll is very authentic to me you know what i mean i mean you just said this the other day like who in our academy rolls like me no one but i would like to think that really no one in the world rolls exactly like i do and that's the the kind of the the beauty of it you know what i mean and and I think I think that that might be. I mean, talk about this a little bit in CrossFit is. I would say that that's kind of the one things I I I don't like about CrossFit is it's so. I mean, everyone's kind of got their own style, you know what I mean? But it's still like not as free form as Jiu Jitsu. That's what I literally love about Jiu Jitsu. You yeah. can't. You almost can't a clean it. A clean is a clean. Right. A muscle up is a muscle up. You're but, not gonna I mean, add style points to a muscle up. But but I mean, but you can like. <clears> so there's some. I mean. And I think that that's the, the CrossFitters that I do like and I do admire kind of do the things that they do their own way. You know what I mean, that's why I like Spieler. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because he does everything so technically perfect, that it almost seems effortless. But then you have guys like, um, I mean, I don't even know who, whatever, but it's just raw power and intensity. You know what I mean? So like, yeah. but it's. That's bu- I'd
0: say I mean some somebody like that that's at the top of their game of, of just doing that is just Rich Froning. Right. I mean like everybody likes Rich Froning He's soft spoken he's not he he's, he's not like constantly throwing himself out there and and like like doing instagrams on like who he's sponsored by. He's just I mean Rich Froning is Rich Froning. Um but like what he does is just like he's just raw power and intensity. Um one person that I'm a really – I'm a fan of, a lot of people don't like him, um, is Ronnie Teasdale because he's just – he's he's like – he's out there. Right. I mean, he's definitely, definitely out there as far as like a, a, what what he's doing and how he trains. And he – I mean, he proves himself by being like a really good CrossFitter, but um, he's also a very unique individual. Well,
1: it's like Sam Dancer. It's the same thing. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> – he does the, e- the ECC and fucking barbell jeans and fucking <laughs> whatever he wore for shoes. You know what I mean? Like, but that, that's what I really love. I mean, that's why I like jujitsu even over uh, like or grappling martial arts in particular over striking martial arts. Because, you know, even if you're kickboxing, you know, so you're doing Muay Thai. Muay Thai is it translates to the art of eight limbs. So you have hands, feet, knees and elbows. Right. There are only so many combinations you're throwing out there, you know what I mean? And and all those combinations, you know, you may be really good at one combination or the other or whatever, but everyone's seen particular combinations. Like no one's ever been like, Oh, I've never seen that before. You're like, Oh, that guy does it just like this, or that guy does it like this guy, or whatever. Maybe he stole that from this guy. Jiu Jitsu. How many ways can the body move? It's infinite. Yeah, they're all being recreated. But the way you do your transitions, you know, the way you like link things together. This is your style. You do this move with this move, and you know, you play these two games or whatever. Like, it's just infinite. Like, jitsu is authenticity to me in motion. That's what that's what it is to me, man. Yeah, it's, the,
0: the one thing that I've I've been finding with Jiu-Jitsu that I really really love, and I correlate with, and and why a lot I think it strikes such like a chord with people is it like it's it's a 360 degree sport i mean you're moving in every way shape or form right um and that's so much like life right. life life is definitely not a two to dim- dimensional uh product like you're i mean everything is 360 degrees and that's way jujitsu is i mean like even i mean crossfit not 360 degrees. I right. Mean, it, there's, it, it, it's, it's very frontal planes. It's, it's, it's rather two dimensional. Right. Um, especially at the competitive level right now. I mean, there's not, there's not a huge amount. I mean, yeah, we talk and cross it about like the hopper and like, I mean, being, being general physical preparedness. Um, but life is 360 degrees. And if you're only doing, Lunges and cleans, and you're not w- working in multi directions, then like you might be not so generally physically
1: prepared. Right. If you get my meaning. Right. Now, and I mean, so I don't know if you watched it, but you got to watch it. Is um that it's the outtake So if anybody who is slightly interested in jujitsu or is super immersed in it, like I am, and you haven't seen this, you need to go watch it right now. Is it's the complete interview from Jiu Jitsu versus the world with john danaher where he, it's a 17 minute interview where all he does is like the guy interviewing him just asks him questions and he just goes off on the questions or whatever and it's one of those things where you see he i have trained with john danaher where he has a way of explaining the most simple thing like you've never heard it before so the guy asks him like what is Jiu-Jitsu? And he goes, well, if I'm talking to someone who doesn't do Jiu-Jitsu or isn't aware, like I'm like, oh, it's like the sport of Olympic Judo. Like you've seen Olympic Judo, right? It's like Judo, but you have emphasis of wrestling on the ground. Or if they don't know what Olympic Judo is, I'm like, oh, like they're from the Midwest or something. He says, it's like wrestling, but instead of pinning someone, you put them in some kind of submission hold, a joint lock or a strangulation. He's like, but... What jujitsu is, is the science and art of control that leads to submission. And I was like, that just blew my mind. And then they're like, and he's like, then they're talking about, think about this. He's like, and then they talk about like, how does jujitsu jitsu help you off the mat and things like that. And he goes on this whole rant, but he's like, think about it like this. If I give you. A pen and a paper, and I give you a math equation. He spits out some math equation. And I'm like, he's not going to do this in his head, is he? That's fucking crazy. He doesn't. But he's like, you're going to go through all these steps. You're going to write down, you know, divide, whatever, blah, 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 da, 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 da. He's like, now take that math equation, and every time you do the math equation, the first number that you started with changes. He's like, eventually you're going to catch up to that number, and you're going to finish the math equation, but the math equation that's always changing. He's like, that's jiu-jitsu. He's like, all you're doing is problem-solving, with a live problem that is constantly varied. And I'm like, that's it, man. That's like, that's what jujitsu is. It's, it's constant. But that
0: That's life.
1: Right. But that's but what that's he's life. saying. But that's why jujitsu. And we've talked about this. Like, what does jujitsu do for your ego? Yeah. It may build your ego up, but what that is doing is telling you that you can, I mean, I truly believe this because of jujitsu. I can learn to do almost anything. You know what I mean? I can, I, and I can accept being bad at something because I know if I stick with it long enough, like I did jujitsu, that I will eventually be able to get good at it. It's just collecting data and putting your time in. You know what I mean? And it may take longer than I want it to, but as long as you don't give up and you stick with it and you learn or 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 acquire that knowledge the best way you can and, and be practical with it, I know that I can learn to do anything because of jiu Because jujitsu, by far without a doubt, is the hardest thing that I've ever done in my whole life. I mean, I've been held down and and controlled and made to give up so many times on a regular basis that I'm not scared of it anymore. You know what I mean? Right. Exactly. <laughs> but I guarantee, you, how many times have you been tapped? Every time. <laughs> Pretty much. How many times, though? Put a number on it. Uh, I couldn't even tell you. I mean... Just put a number on it. Um... How many classes have you taken? Two. How many times? <laughs> but that's not true. That's not true because we've trained. Yeah, we three. we've we done, we've done some <laughs> personal training. Yeah, but, but we've put in some time. Like you've taken official classes too. But you and I have trained a couple times. Like you know what I mean? But I mean
0: every time I every time I roll, it's at least like three, four, five times. Right. So um, if you've it's been accumulated maybe like thirty or forty times, I've right. I've been tapped
1: out. I've been tapped four million.
0: Yeah, you know what I
1: mean. Like you've been tapped forty, I've been tapped four million. You know what I mean. That's the difference, is and it's just accepting that. You know what I mean. Like it's it's you. That's,
0: and again, much like life, right? Like you're you're you got to learn how to you got to learn how to tap, right? Like in life, you got to be like, okay, listen, like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna win this. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna get this job proposal. I'm I'm not gonna do this but there's I mean it's like that stupid metaphor it's like when one door closes another one opens. But that's, <clears throat>
1: that's the trick to Jiu Jitsu and that's the, thing, that's the trick to life is tapping and knowing why and learning mm-hmm. from it and, and, and putting, putting that failure to use you know what I mean? A, yeah. fa- a failure that isn't useful is a death sentence you know what I mean? Like that's the thing about death Jiu teaches you is you learn, you tap and you learn why yeah. You know I mean, and you make I, I th- it useful.
0: I think that's uh, that's that's like a growing, I guess you could say that's a growing problem with. Uh, God, I'm gonna sound like an old man here, but like um, the kids these days, <laughs> kids these days <laughs> that are coming up that that parents are telling are are never telling them that they're doing something wrong they're just like they're being brought up and they're they're just like oh you know you're great you're going to be great at everything like you're never going to fail you're always going to succeed like don't worry about it and like these kids never learn failure they're constantly getting participation awards um those are the kids that are going to grow up and uh and and not learn from tapping out they're 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 not going to get that job and they're going to turn around and be like well it's the fucking job's fault it's not mine i'm i'm good enough for this job like there's nothing wrong with me it's them
1: but here's and that's another thing that tate fletcher says that i love is like you know maybe you need to fail at football to figure out you're the best pianist in the entire world you know what i mean maybe you need to fail at art to figure out that you might be the best you know woodworker in the entire you know what i mean like you're the best you're the worst painter in the world but you might be the best woodworker in the entire world you know what i mean if you're constantly told that you're good at everything you'll never find the thing you're actually very very good at you know what i mean and that that's kind of what you know and and that's the the it's i mean we're kind of coming full circle (laughs) with like what like find the thing that your time is most valuable to you know what i mean like you know what I mean? Your, t- your time might not be very much worth very much doing one thing, but it might be worth a ton doing something else. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's it's and, and
0: I, I I like I I know like I I for one no, definitely know per- one firsthand I have failed at so many different things. Right. And I'm still sitting here. I mean, this is something that actually like I've been I've been wanting to. I guess like touch upon it is like it was like I've I, I have a long, like long past and I've failed at a lot of things. And I'm not sitting here trying to preach to everybody but be like, I am fucking great. You should listen to me. You so, like no, I'm sitting here talking to be like, like I've failed a thousand times. But I'm sitting here saying like like learn I mean don't learn just um I don't know where I'm going with this, but I've failed and failed and failed and I'm still here to talk about how much I've failed and how much I'm pushing to keep on moving. Right. And that's the lesson is is like you never, ever give up and you just keep on going. It's like, I failed at painting, but you know what? Like, I'm really good on a gun. Right. Like, I'm like, I'm fast. I'm picking it up like there's no tomorrow. And that's one thing that I'm learning is just like, I'm like really good. Right. And I'm not, I'm not overconfident, but it's something that's like, Shit, I'm really good at this. Right. I'm going to keep going with this. Yeah. I mean, to the point where I'm getting to a competitive... I want to get into competitive levels.
2: Can I throw something in? So, like, you're talking about uh, failing, right? But your point before was that, you know, many times, parents won't teach their kids uh, about failure, right? They're looking at the kid going, you're not failing, right? So... How do you get to that point? How do you get to the point where you're like, I'm going to go out and do something to fail at it in order to get better? If you're just afraid of failing all the time, then what you're going to do is basically the same thing over and over again, and you're going to represent yourself by what clothes you're wearing or what sneakers you are instead of by winning, right? Is that what you're talking no, you're, about?
0: No, you're, you're absolutely right on this. Like if, if you're afraid of failing, then you're not going to be putting yourself into the environment where you could fail. Like, you have to put yourself out there, like, and be like, be like, I could be good at this. I could fail at this. And I think, I, like, there, I think that, that's kind of answering that question. It was like, if you're not, if you're not constantly putting yourself out there. And this is something that I've actually so, so been learning you, lately.
2: How do you make the jump?
0: You, you got to put yourself out there. I mean, you got to do it.
2: <laughs> it's kind of like telling a smoker to stop smoking.
0: It's
1: true. That's what I do.
0: <laughs> no, but, but you got you got to listen Chris you got to no, no, listen no. to some some people that say, "Hey man, we need to have a podcast." I don't know about this. We, this is going to be a little weird. Like <laughs> I, I don't think anybody's going to listen to my bullshit. We're like, "No, we're going to do this. We're going to start a podcast."
2: But I mean, a lot of, I have a friend who smokes like a fucking all the time. And you know, it's like you try to be like I just to encapsulate, "Dude, that's not healthy for you." But his answer is, "I'm trying to kill myself with these, so that's not helping." You know, like, you're just telling me I'm doing the right thing. You know what I mean? So, where, how do you make that jump? I think it's inspiration, but I don't, I don't, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, it is inspiration, but it's also, you know, um, inspiration comes in many forms and things like that. Like, um, see, it's, it's a. Uh,
0: Something's it, insp- it, it it's, i i'll, I'll roll I'll, I'll go on on what you just said inspiration does come from many many forms where um i had uh i had a friend pass um and ever since and and, and he and he passed in a hospital bed and ever since ever since that day that i watched him like i went through a service and all that stuff um I've been pushing myself and I've distanced myself from a lot of really good friends at the time because I needed to like push myself into different areas. I needed to stop being so so complacent with like what I was doing at the time and like being okay with this stuff. And like I started pushing myself into realms that I never thought it would be. I mean, I pushed myself into CrossFit and got out of my bubble. And then they said, you should be a coach. I pushed myself into being a coach and became a coach and I like just put myself out there every single night I tried different things I failed I I tried throwing jokes out to the class and it was like fucking crickets (laughs) 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 so um and I do it all the time and I actually call myself out and like I'll throw a joke in the middle of class and like I'll get blank faces I'll be like all right crickets let's move on (laughs) so like that my friend passing really inspired me to like do as much as i possibly can and having like friends along the way and meeting new people that are pushing me so pushing me to do things all the time is like and and it's like that thing hang out with like minded people and people that push you. If, if you don't have people surrounding you that are pushing you, then...
1: You can't fly with the eagles if you're surrounded by turkeys. <laughs> <laughs> right, but, but, but you um, see a lot of
2: people who are really not going the right direction hanging out with like-minded people,
0: right? Yeah, there are those people. That's the question. Where does the inspiration
1: come from? Not, everyone, not everyone's going to be eagle, man. Not everyone's going to be an eagle. <laughs> it, 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 I mean, I think that that's one of the things that, like... I mean I mean just there yesterday at uh, at uh, at that tournament, you know, it's a huge tournament. There's white belt through black belt competitors, you know, I forget how many people there was and it's not even the biggest tournament in the world. It's probably and I don't even know if it's the biggest tournament in New England, whatever. But you sit there and there's this sea of people. One percent of them stand out you know what i mean like and and not being i mean and no disrespect to all those people that had the guts to even put that gi on tie their belt and step on the mat that day against someone else but only 1% of them stand out you know what i mean guys like jared jared stands out uh you know uh i mean there's a ton of guys that i could that I could mention right now that you guys wouldn't know, you know what I mean? And then take that and then go to the best, the biggest, and best tournament in the world, or you know someone like Gary, Gary Tonin. He's 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 one percent of one percent. You know what I mean? That I mean, at some point we talked about this before the 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 the, the, uh, the podcast started. Is you're gonna have to accept the fact that you're not gonna be the one percent of the one percent. But there's something to be said about trying to be that 1%. You know what I mean? I would rather die trying to be the 1% of the 1% than to never have tried at all. Boom. You know what I mean? That's yeah. that's where it's at, you know what I mean? I, I and it manifests in different things. You know, I know that I'll never be and I'm not even I, I mean, I guess it it's I'm I'm not concerned with being the 1% of 1% competitors. I'm concerned with being 1% of the 1% of coaches. And that's where it has manifested with me. You know what I mean? And I may never be 1% of the 1%. I never, never be, but I'm going to try to leave my mark on this world as being one of the best coaches in the world. And it may not happen, but I know that I will be the best coach that I possibly could be at the end of the day. And it's not, I think that that's where it goes. Is it's not, are you the best of the best? Are you the best that you possibly could be at anything? Are you the best you possibly could be? Are you the the best, you know, if you want to be, you, (laughs) you want to be the very best at CrossFit. Best gas pumper. Right. Be, (laughs) right, exactly. Be the best gas pumper. But also, don't try to be the best at something you don't want to be the best at. Find what you want to be the best at. What do you want to be the best at?
2: One way to, I've been riffing on this thing uh, recently. It's coming up towards the end of the uh, college season and, uh. So some of the students that I teach are, are looking at, at graduating and all that. And they're talking about what am I going to do and how am I going to do it. And something that always stuck for me was the idea of quitting as many jobs as you possibly can. Because one time you quit the job and you just sit in your car and just start crying. And you're like, that's the fucking job. But if you don't quit a bunch of jobs, you're never going to find that. Right. So it's kind of my take on what you're just saying there. It's like you got to put yourself out you got to try yourself all these different things but if you just do the same job over and over again and you hate it and then you become the best at it you just became that parent that made the kid who doesn't fail right you see what i mean it seems like it 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 follows itself around
1: yeah i mean well and that i mean the real fucking truth of the matter is that this private conversation we're having right here is just a pep talk to ourselves because i know there's a ton of (laughs) shit in my life where i'm like i don't fucking want to do this anymore but yeah. I'm too good at it to fucking quit. You know what I mean? There's a ton of stuff like that where I'm like, you know, and I've, I've honestly, like, I've quit a couple jobs in my life, but I probably haven't had enough jobs. I've probably not failed enough as much as I should have, you know, and I should probably be putting myself out there to, to fail even more. So it's not like people, I don't want people to listen to this and be like, oh, like, these guys think they have it all figured out. No, I mean, we're, this conversation. Oh God, I'm it,
0: the furthest thing from somebody that's figured it out. Right.
1: But I think this conversation is for, as, as, is as just for us in this room as it is, whoever's going to listen to this too. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely for me, man. I mean, as we're talking about this, I'm like, shit, man, I fucking, I need to, I need to listen yeah. to what I'm, I'm fucking saying, you know? Everybody, I mean,
0: everybody's I, doing it. But All right. as, on, on a side note to this whole thing is, is not only, um, I mean, if, if you, if you don't take that step, don't live with regret at the same time right that you didn't take that step right just keep on moving forward and i think that that's pretty much the point of life is just like keep on moving forward and and don't have those regrets right um i mean i regret like th- there's there's probably one thing in my life that i regret and that's never serving um whereas i think i would have been very very good at whatever i would do Um, if I did serve, and I also like, I, I I appreciate the, the small percentage of people that do serve, uh, this country. Um, and that's something that I, that I would have liked to have done a little bit old for it now, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, and I, again, it's one of those things where it's like taking those steps. Um, there 's plenty of jobs out there that I probably would have been really good at, but i didn 't want to get out of my comfortable bubble that I was in All right and and the job that I do have right now I got out of my bubble and I took that step and lo and behold i 'm really good at what i do right um and and i and i 'm and i 'm not trying to sound uh cocky or arrogant about it like i just i know that i 'm good at what I do um so it, it, it's, um, it's all about putting yourself out there, and
1: and and being ready to fail. Well, it's like I mean, people. I mean, it's a dumb question, but whatever. Like, so I mean, we were gonna do it a little bit, but it never brought up. But like when Tim Ferriss, if you ever listen to Tim Ferriss podcast, he does those rapid fire questions to the end of. His podcast with yeah. all his guests, or whatever. We originally were gonna we, right.
0: that was that was originally part of our format, but we decided to go say fuck it, no format. Uh, right. Uh,
1: so one of the things <laughs> he always asks is like, <laughs> and Ron loves us for that, by right. the way. <laughs> what What would you tell your thirty year old self? You know what I mean. And I mean, I'm only thirty one, so I can't. I really, I'm like fucking a year ago. What I tell myself, but if I could go back and tell myself something when I was younger, like even my high school days, or. Even in before that, or whatever, because we talk about this all the time. Like things that happened, it's weird. The things that stick with you your whole life, you know what I mean. Like things that I, this shit that happened to me when I was a kid that wasn't traumatic at all or anything like that. It just stuck with me for my whole life. That kind of molded who I ended up becoming. But it's it was something that I can mold or, or instill in myself more is just take more risks. I I mean, I have not taken enough risks in my life with anything. I've I've played the safe route a lot, you know what I mean? And I think that's one thing that a lot of people need to do. I mean, it's not unnecessary, you know, unhealthy risks, but take some healthy risks, you know, like bet the farm on some stuff, you know, go all in. And if it doesn't work out, you're young enough where you can recover. You know what I mean? That's what I tell everyone, like, we have this kid <clears throat> in our academy and... uh We've had this weird relationship since the beginning that he started, um, and he's gone through some tough times. He, uh, you know, and uh, I give him like off the wall, hairbrained advice, but it's only to combat the fact that he seems to, at such a young age, have the rest of his life figured out, which is like great, like not. But I'm trying to be almost play devil's advocate, where I'm like, you need like so he is. Like, he's and he's gone through some traumatic shit. So I almost do it more now because I'm like, you've been through some shit, man. Fucking, you need to cut loose a little, whatever. And, and it's not I'm not trying to do un. And his parents probably fucking hate me for it, but uh, like he's he's already got law, He's going to law school. He's got law school figured out. You know what I mean. And after law school, he's gonna do this. And he wants to live here. And he's gonna do this or whatever. You know. And I'm probably exaggerating. He probably doesn't have that much figured out. But I'm like, no. What you need to do is take a year off. Put the bare essentials in a fucking backpack and hitchhike cross country. <laughs> you know what I mean? Fuck law school for a year. And he's like, no, I can't do that. I can't do that. I'm like, dude, you're 22 years old. You could make it halfway, run out of money, and come home. And guess what? Life's going to be fine. You know what I mean? Like, And that's one thing that I wish I would have done as a kid. And, you know, I, t- I went to college twice and dropped out and sat in New England and fucking... Did the whole family business thing, and I honestly think that I didn't even start getting inspired until I started doing jujitsu. I mean, maybe that's why I'm so like gung ho about it, or whatever, because it has done so much for me in my life. But I, re- I'm like, you know what? When I dropped out of college, I should have said "fuck this" and gone somewhere. You know what I mean? But I didn't, and now I've kind of it's it's almost. I'm trying to orchestrate my life. Now it's, it's harder to orchestrate my life to go in that direction, but I'm trying to orchestrate my life in that direction. You know what I mean? It's, it's, I've put in unnecessary roadblocks that now I'm trying to take out. But if you're a young person, fucking risk it, man. I'm so envious of those people. That are like. There's been some people in the CrossFit uh, uh, gym that we go to or some people at the academy or whatever. They're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to school in fucking Malaysia for a year. And I'm like, oh. That's awesome. That's fucking awesome. You know what I mean? You know, like I'm going to Chicago for a year or I'm going I'm moving cross country or fucking Colorado or wherever I'm like I wish I would have done something like that back so, in the day.
0: So, um I <clears throat> I traveled in Southeast Asia for a little while and uh I came across a lot of um a lot of uh, kids that um I know in uh I think in in England it's called gap year. So what it is 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 they've gone through like our version uh, of high school, whatever their grade system is. Um, I know they call it something different, but then they take they they take a year off in between their grade school and university or college or whatever you want to call it. <clears throat> so they have have a year to do whatever the hell they want. If they want to stay, get an apartment and work, they can do that. They. Uh, like can travel the world whatever i mean it it's up to them to do what they want to do um but what it is is it it's it's not it's breaking them from the path of the white picket fence right okay i mean it was like 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 for some reason in america it's ingrained like go to high school go to college university uh if you got to go to grad school you got to go to grad school and then like you're going to settle down have a wife uh like marry a girl um have like 1.75 kids like <laughs> a dog a cat uh eventually get that uh suburban home with a white picket fence retire um, at
1: 55 and fucking <laughs> die a slow miserable death
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly it's like it's like this ingrained um this ingrained just program for you it's like like break away from that program. Um, don't go directly into college. Don't go directly into your, like, go to high school. Get a high school. If you gotta, if you gotta get an apartment, work for a year. Get an apartment, work for a year, and then go back into college because you'll be so much more more adjusted going into school than uh, you would be if you just come out and be like a know nothing high school kid. Um, that like, I mean, like you, yeah, you were. You were the valedictorian and uh, the captain of the, high, the the football team, but you go out for a year and you travel the world. And guess what? You're not so hot shit right. out there in the real world. Get some
1: real world experience.
0: It's, it's humiliating, but I I wish more like if I if if and when I have kids, um, that's what I'm going to be doing to them. I'm be like, all right, you're not going to college right after high school. You're getting your ass and you're going to get some life experience.
1: Right. <laughs> Ron's laughing because he's the only one with actual what, kids. In what this. you're trying to
2: say is you want them to make their own decisions. So, no, you're not going to tell them to do that. Let's chill. you go, kid, if you fucking fail, it's on you. You're going to be serving fries for the rest of your damn life. Good luck with that. So, if you want to not serve fries, you want to say, do you want fries with that? Then keep on failing. Go on.
1: Well, I mean, but here's the. <laughs> I mean, I guess I have an, an, a question that goes along with that with kind of what Scott said and Ron being the only one with parenting experience in this room <laughs> is how, so we're talking about, you know, um, you know, we've, we've touched upon parenting a couple times and I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm speaking from the child aspect of it, like how I felt, feels it. I mean, essentially as a child still, you know what I mean? Cause I don't have any kids on, I mean, you're either a parent or a child at, at any given time, but, uh, like, how do you deal with the outside influence of teachers, friends, media, and things like that, that you've felt like, so I, I mean, I guess the only way I can talk about this is from personal experience is, but I can remember being in high school and like it being very clear to me that I was being steered in a, in a certain direction. Like it was like. If you don't go to college, you're a loser. You know what I mean? And if you don't get a job where you're sitting in an air-conditioned fucking corner office making so much money with a brand-new car and a house and a wife and kids and contributing to society in a certain amount of way, you're a failure. You know what I mean? And it may be because I was only reading between the lines. You know, I I wasn't an aware enough kid to know that that's not exactly what they were telling me, but that's definitely the way I felt. You know what I mean? That being said, my parents aren't like that, and my parents are to the are so awesome to the point where they're like, as long as you try your hardest, you can do whatever you want. That's what my parents have always said. But still, forgetting, and I mean, I mean, it could be the classic case of a of kids not wanting to listen to their parents at a certain point, and they're getting inundated, and then they're finding inspiration or, or direction from somewhere else. But I feel like that's like one thing that, and now being thirty, I'm like, ugh. I should have had more of an open mind. I should have, you know, thought about this. I should have thought about that, you know. What I mean? But at the time it was like, no. Graduate high school, go to college, get a job. No one was like it's okay to fucking fuck off and travel the world for a couple of years or it's okay to, you know, hitchhike across the country or it's okay to move away and work a minimum wage job and, you know, do whatever for a little while, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> we talk about this guy, he's got his own podcast, and quite frankly, I don't really listen to it anymore, and I don't, I don't really like the guy, but Chris Ryan has that podcast, but like one of the things that I, I do like about him is and I thought it was really interesting is he made a choice when he was a kid that he wasn't going to start a career till he was thirty. So he graduated high school and went to college and took a year off he found out a way to, to take a year off from college and still graduate on time whatever traveled all over the world took this money he was a worked for this diamond dealer in New York and they were going to give him like a million dollars a year or whatever and he was like nope i have a plan i'm leaving i'm traveling whatever and he wasn't going to start his actual career till he was 30 you know what i mean that something like that Never even dawned on me to even be a possibility when I was a kid. You know what I mean? Like, how do you deal with? So we're talking about you telling someone to go, out, your kids to go out and get a real world experience, and you telling them to make the decisions for themselves. How do you stop the influence of bad decision making? You know what I mean? It's it's it because that's I think that's definitely what happened to me. Is I was told maybe not by my parents but outside influence to play it safe.
2: Are you asking
1: me? Anybody. I mean.
2: Well, I mean, I'll, I'll answer the question. From my point of view, you don't know what's right for your kids. Parents don't know what's right for their kids. You, you, Just the math of what you guys talk about all the time. Those kids, they get all their participation trophies. They get them for their fucking parents. So I've never thought as a parent that I know what's right for my kids. It's not my world. It's their world. And it's going to be different by the time they grow up than it was when I grew up. So I know that there's a certain number of things that are right for my kids, but I could yap all day, but the only thing they're going to pay attention to is my example. So that's it. I think that if you are going to say, I'm going to, you know, get my kids and I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to teach them everything that I know. I'm going to homeschool them. I'm going to be like the church of dad and I'll, I'll be like the minister and, everything around them is going to be protected by, my opinion, I don't think you're right. Because you're going to be dead by the time their lives are really happening, right? Or maybe not, but, you know, it depends on the timing. But I think it's the other way around. I invite all those things that you say, how do you protect the kid from? Like, think about the, op- the, op- the opposite option. Unless you have some fantastic parents, the whole point of getting your inspiration is, You had that one teacher, or that one coach, or that one friend, or that one fucking thing that happened, like in my case, when I was younger, my best friend died fucking tragically. And that was a massive inspiration to me. So that's the thing. I think protecting your kids from all that shit is exactly the wrong thing to do. I don't think a kid that's out there that has great education, teachers, friends, all, you know... All this the influence of different types of media, not just one fucking thing, not just NPR, just Fox or just Vice or anything like that. All I think that kid is not the kid who ends up, you know, spending the rest of their lives in a shitty job and then just, you know, spitting out another four kids that that just do the same thing. I think that's exactly what it is. Get them out of the house and get them to see the world. Get them to see anything they can, and don't be afraid of someone else going, I know a little more about how to raise this. For example, a football player than you do. Like, one of my kids was, both of my kids were very successful at soccer. I can't fucking play. I didn't teach them how to play fucking soccer. So, what would I be? Like, you know, don't listen to that guy. Fuck that. Listen to whoever you want to listen to. Right. <laughs> That's just my opinion, but since you ask.
1: Right. No, I mean, it's, a, I guess, I mean, I have no experience raising kids at all. You know what I mean? And I, the experience I do have with kids is, is teaching them jujitsu. You know what I mean?
2: Well, think of all the kids that would never end up in your jujitsu. I have a number of friends who are like, I would never let my kids do that. Done. Problem solved. They're never going to be inspired by you or any of the other guys at the jujitsu club Right. or any of the things that happen with the jujitsu. They're never going to have the opportunity to have to just lie on your back and stare at the light going, I haven't tapped yet, but it's coming. Right And God damn it! There's nothing I can do about
1: it. Well, that's like we talked about this the other night. Um, Scott had the uh, the plivers of rolling with Jesse, uh, who was like he's homeschooled. And he, he went, I don't even know how old he is. I, I'm so bad at judging age, but he must be in the... the it, he's a young person, right? The seventh grade or something like that. No,
2: no, <laughs> no, he's way older than
1: that. Is he older than that? Yes, but the bottom line. I is, well, I know he can't he can't drive himself there.
2: Yes, but seventh grade to not driving is quite a waste. So yeah. Seventh,
1: eighth, ninth, what do you what do you start 11th, dri- yeah. What time what year do you start driving in high school? How old are you at sixteen when you're in high school? You're a I sophomore, a right? Sophomore, yeah. So I know he's not a sophomore in high school. So
2: anyway, young person right. weighs like hundred weighs <laughs> like
1: hundred pounds soaking wet, yeah. skinny little whatever. But he comes and does jujitsu and he does the adult class, fundamentals, and now he's recently been staying for my advanced class. He's a killer. And he well, and he's gonna be a killer. Like I've just in the past week, I've seen him start moving differently, and he, you know what I mean. He's jumping on things and whatever. But I think it's interesting that he's homeschooled, and I'll not. I mean, I don't. I can't say I don't know that much about the kid or whatever. But some of his interaction is with grown men at a jitsu academy, <laughs> which is an interesting dynamic. But like, so we decided, like, we're like, oh yeah, you got to go home and watch. You got to watch this movie. You know what I mean? Because he's. I mean, he's never lived without the internet. You know what I mean? He's
2: so, so you are the bad influence,
1: right? We're the, we're, but we're like trying to be like, <laughs> but that's what I'm saying is like, I don't know if, if we are the bad influence. You know what I mean? I'm confident in the fact that he will be better off for it in the long run because, it's like. So we call him Jesse the Body. So we're like, you have to go home and you have to watch Predator. You know what I mean? And he did. And he was like, oh, it was awesome. You know, like whatever. And thank God his parents don't come in and be like, what are you doing to my kid? You know what I mean? But we're like, you need to go home and you need to go watch Slapshots. You know what I mean? Or how, and another day I asked him, I was like, how many Beastie Boys albums do you own? And he's like, he's like, I don't own any albums. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, all right, how many Beastie Boys songs do you know of? And he's like. One or two. I'm like, you need to go listen to every Beastie Boys album back to back to back. Like when you like whatever. Like, but it's so funny because he comes in and he's so jazzed up on authentic stuff that we're like telling like like oh this this is what's cool this is what's cool you know what I mean. So it's interesting. He's he's almost like a little social experiment. And we're trying to make him the best, coolest kid we know. I and mean, it's like Jeffrey. Jeffrey is the same thing. Like Jeffrey, we have this kid at the academy named Jeffrey, and he's literally been trained. and he's not homeschooled and he's got awesome parents. I both his parents are awesome. They're fucking so cool. Um and he's got an older brother who's who's cool and um he has been training jujitsu us with us since he was like he was a kid that was in front of us at the burrito place. Oh, okay, yeah. But he's been training with us for like since he was like 14 you know what i mean i can remember him coming in and being like really quiet and like sleek like a seal like not a muscle on this kid and now you look at him and he's like taller than i am weighs like 180 pounds jacked can you i he's one of those kids where like i could teach him a technique and i'll walk around and make sure everyone's doing it right and i never almost never have any advice for jeffrey he does it exactly the way i've shown it every time and it may not be a technique that he uses. And I, I, when we roll, I can give him some advice just because it's under stress. But if it's not under stress and he's just drilling, he drills perfect every time. But he's one of those kids where we were like, same thing. We're like, how many Beastie Boys songs do you know? And he's like, oh, I don't know that many. like, go home and listen to it. You know what I mean? So, like, and we're like, oh, we'll put it on the radio and be like, quick, who is it? And he's like, I don't know who this is. We're like, what? You don't know who this is? Whatever. So, like, we've kind of drew, trained him to do that. But, and uh, I don't know when that, when the, the uh, that the nickname came around but his dad calls him the house cat because nothing bothers this kid like he's just so like even keeled his dad told me one time he went for when they grad like so when his kids graduate high school that he takes them to mexico so they're 18 and they go to mexico and they can drink whatever like and they're like it's legal here you know what i mean so he said that he he took his older brother down his fucking brother went fucking nuts like was drunk as soon as they got off the plane. we like, thrown up within an hour, just, like, going crazy or whatever. And he's like, I took Jeffrey down. I, I don't even know if he was drunk the whole time, but had a beer in his hand the entire time. Like, he was just, he's well-adjusted. And I'd like to think that a lot of that has to do with training at the academy. You know what I mean? He's, he's learned. And that's the thing about jiu-jitsu, and whether you are 57 years old, or 14 years old, if you're in that adult class, you're being treated like an adult. You're being, and if you're, and especially if you're like, even so, I mean, we can even go like this, whatever. It, it, young, old, male or female, when you step into an adult class, you're being treated the same, no matter what you do for a job, how old you are, what your life experience is, whether you have kids, don't have kids, Male, female, in the workforce, whatever, whatever your situation is, you sh- and and I would say the only deviation with the way you get treated is what color your belt is, and because that because and you you know you get a little more leeway as you get older because you know you're you know or, or in the higher ranks. I mean, so we have, St. Jeffrey, who's 22, who is I'm letting kind of uh, I don't even know what the word for it is, uh, you know, improvise while he's drilling a little bit and trying, you know, different hand placements and things like that compared to someone who like is Al, who is 57 when he was a white belt. And as he's going along, I'm letting him improvise more, but I'm like, no, you need to do it this way. This is the way, like, I want you to do it this way because this is the best way that I know how for you to be successful. You know what I mean? So Al's 57 very successful businessman is getting a little less leeway than the 22-year-old kid college student. You know what I mean? So it's a, it's a very – it's almost – it's an interesting equalizer. You know what I mean? I think that's one of the things that we talked about, you know, the ego. I mean, that's what it does for ego. Is it uh, it kind of knocks you da- down a peg. It puts you back at zero. Everyone's – you know, and that's the thing, like Rogan says, not everyone's born on fucking – at home plate. Some people fucking – born on first some people are born on second base they just have an advantage a leg up right from the fucking get-go well in jiu-jitsu and
2: and and uh, some some aren't even at the ballpark yet
1: right too. some yeah some people and but when you start jujitsu, by some way you're at zero you start at zero you know what i mean and that's one of the things we do at our academy too is we try to make it as easy for you to start jujitsu as possible 69 bucks and we'll give you a gi We're not making any money. We haven't made a dime yet. We're losing money on that that offer. But you get a gi and a belt, and you can start doing jujitsu that day. But guess what? So can't a million other people, and you're all starting at zero. And that's you know what I mean. You're getting you you're getting a fair shake. It's fair. Yeah, you know what I mean. And, And and you're only gonna get as good as the time. You're only gonna get as good as the amount of effort and work you put in. That, and that, that's that's what's
0: great about it is like, you can't you can't walk into a jiu-jitsu academy and go up to a purple belt and like you just magically put some move on them and like completely tap them out. That's never
1: going to happen. But that being said, if that purple belt isn't being a purple belt, that might happen. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. that, but that being said, I mean you. And I think that's the other great thing about Jiu-Jitsu is, is it's, it's a skill set that no matter how much time you put in, if you don't continue to develop and put the time in, it goes away. And that's, so that's another interesting thing about the Jiu-Jitsu Academy is, like, so we're getting about that time, right? I can always tell who's going to be the best guys in the academy that train consistent all summer long. Because it gets nice out 90 degrees out outside. It's 110 in the academy. And you could be at the beach, you could be sitting on your porch, you could be barbecue drinking beer, but you're in that academy putting the time in. Those people that so two people start in May as blue belts, one guy trains all summer long. It's not probably not gonna get, if if it's a, the timing is right. He's probably not gonna get a purple belt by the end of summer. That blue belt comes back and took all summer off. The blue belt that took his summer off is getting the shit kicked out of him. By that blue belt that stayed.
2: But not to be. Dis- I'm going to be a little disruptive here, but I mean that could also be a, a, a dude quitting a job, right? I mean the, he could be going, this jujitsu thing was great. It's not for me, right? Or I, or like what I'm going to take out of it is, you know, like my my, my relationship to uh so what I call calisthenics. I certainly don't do CrossFit, but you know, a little bit of kettlebell, a little bit of you know body weight. It's not. I am not interested in doing this eight times a week. It's just not my thing. So I mean, that's the cool thing about it, though, is that. That you can come back to it, you can do it casually, you're never going to end up being this motherfucker. And plus, sometimes they run into guys like me. Everybody trains differently, right? So I have a certain skill set that I can usually, if you just put 50 bucks down on the mat, I'm going to be fine with most of the people. But I don't train that way. I train like, like if it's a new guy, I'll train, like I'll put myself, I'll give him the back, I'll, I'll practice something that I'm trying to practice. Like I'm trying to get off the back without giving up the arm lock right now, right? So... You know, and so I think that's the cool thing about this thing is you—it's not objective. No. Which is one of the things I'm fascinated since we're just free it about about your 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 podcast is that jujitsu is this weird thing that it's really hard to be objective about because you could be like a you know a 70-year-old black belt and you're going to get your slats fucking kicked in by some 24-year-old fucking <laughs> killing guy. I mean, that's the reality. At some point, you're just not going to be able to do this anymore. And it's, and jujitsu is so young, like it's so new that you don't see that very often. There's only like how many 70 year old black belts, right? But if you look at judo, at some point, you just got to stop going out there and fucking doing it, or you're just not going to be able to beat everybody up in the class, right? So it's a different kind of thing. So then you have this weird sort of objectivity that gets stuck onto it by these colored belts with stripes and stuff. But even then, that's kind of up to your professor, and they're all different, right? CrossFit, on the other hand, I think—tell me if I'm wrong—is couldn't be more objective. Like you're literally saying you picked up this much weight this many times. The iron never lies, buddy. Over yeah. the time, the
1: iron never right? lies. And
2: so that's what I kind of miss about jujitsu. And you know, when I came and I used to bitch about this all the time. You know, I'm older than everybody else. You know, because like, so I should have a different sort of objective point of view. Now I was wrong, but it's like. I'm looking for those numbers and of course I gave that up and, and my jujitsu journey is way more fun, but same kind of thing it's like in CrossFit. I wonder if you have the same problem, which is like, do you guys has CrossFitter been around long enough for you to see guys go, they go rip, up 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 up? Ooh, I know you guys have those chalkboards with like who's the best in the club and shit. And then they have to watch them so go down, 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 or do they just quit? Or is CrossFit old enough for that to happen?
1: So I I because think it's the- so objective. But I th- I think there's there's two things. One is that this you you find, um, so we can relate this to the jujitsu aspect of it, and we can touch upon it in the CrossFit aspect is you find your value. We talked about this, but you find your value. So those old jujitsu guys that would get their shit kicked in by those young guys, they're still very valuable to the community. Of course. You know what I mean? So that's where like that that's where having a black belt with a ton of stripes on it and being seventy years old why why they're all still around. Because there's some value to them. And but the same thing with like the old CrossFitter. You know what I mean? There's some value to the old CrossFitter. He may tell the younger guys, you know. I've been there, done that. You need to do do your mobility, eat right, whatever, or you're going to get injured. Or don't do that because you're going to get injured. You yeah, know what I mean,
0: yeah. so th- I mean, it could could couldn't <clears throat> come right down to like a technique thing, right? I mean, like somebody the other night during jujitsu was this, I was like, dude, you're trying to bench press me off of you, like push here, push here, like and use both your hands on your hips, like it's like I don't want to be the strongest guy. I just want to keep on doing jujitsu and I want to find that technique to like, be able to like go through everything. Same thing with CrossFit. Is it like you, like those old guys are going to be around. um, It's not who's best.
1: It's who's left. It's it's, it's, it's like,
0: I mean, like, uh, I mean, this is kind of, kind of like uh, the correlation between um, I think it was Bill Gates said that like, I love lazy people because they're going to find the, they're going to find the shortest route to do something. No, nah, awesome, okay. um, so it's Steve Jobs. Oh, Steve Jobs? Yeah. Okay. Um, you, but but you,
2: you guys kind of switched, kind of went off this way of what I was saying. I'm saying no, not from the point of view of the value of the old guy. Obviously, I mean, yes, I get it. It's the other way around. It's as you are, let's say I'm crossfitting and I'm going up, and then how do you... Do you have guys that have to deal with watching those numbers go down? Yeah, or, but, or, or is this 25 years from now are we going to watch this? No, because, I, mean,
1: I mean, not to put him on blast order, but, like, Kevin. Like, Kevin that we had on the podcast last – I mean, I've only been doing CrossFit a year, and I would say that on a lot of the workouts, I beat him in a lot of the workouts just because I'm a younger guy. You know what I mean? I have whatever. But here's what I'm saying. But, no, listen. Listen yeah. to what I'm saying is – On the way down, you find your value and bring it up in some other place. And I mean, so your numbers might go down on this side, but your value in whatever you're doing is going up on the other side. So it kind of balances themselves out. Do
2: you think that, so almost there. So do you think that your average jujitsu guy, as they get older, CrossFit guy, as they get older, or as they decide that it's not quick, do they just handle it that elegantly? Is everybody just like him? no?
1: Oh no, definitely not. No, no. That's what
2: I'm getting at. Like, is that that part where you're going down the backside? Sumo has a different belt system. You go all the way up to whatever it is. It's not a Kabono because that's the guy, not the belt.
1: I don't know whatever is. Yeah. The
2: bottom is you go all about, the and then as you start to lose, you lose your belts again. Right. Which I think is a much cooler way of handling the belt system. It's not respectful. Judo solves it because there's two types of black belts. It's not just, you can have a teaching black belt as well.
1: Well, it's kind of like that. Do you know that's like that in jujitsu too?
2: I, I hear that it is, but it's, it's again, it's so new that there's this, everybody's named like one of the three last names for those kind of guys, you know? So it's like, I'm not suggesting well, I'm saying, a problem, like, but so, I'm saying as it gets older, that's what's so fascinating about this is we always talk about it as, as being this improvement, improvement, improvement. What about, Actually, just doing this over a long period of time.
1: Well, I can't testify to um, or, or speak on CrossFit just because I'm not that, um, you know, I've only been doing it for so long. And to be quite honest with you, like I'm kind of less interested in the, the CrossFit aspect of it and I'm more interested in the benefits of it right, right now. But as far as jujitsu goes, hopefully, what jujitsu is teaching you is that and and you're constantly seeing that turnaround of skill set falling and dropping and new guys coming in and the game ever evolving is as you are getting better in your skill set the uh, you're finding other things to correlate that will never go away so like you might find so as you get better in jiu-jitsu you're like oh i'm getting better at jiu-jitsu all these guys are getting good at jujitsu behind me. And I mean, I'm kind of going through that right now. So I'm going to also figure out how to be the best coach possible, or I'm going to be the best at this. So you need to have, so hopefully jujitsu is teaching you that this, the only thing in life isn't just jujitsu. You know what I mean? Like,
2: you you keep saying, uh, I'm just calling it out. I mean, you keep saying, hopefully maybe you can see what I'm saying, Scott, or both of you guys can, isn't, the fa- or isn't? I'm gonna, I'm gonna propose something. Tell me I'm wrong. As those numbers start to go down on that CrossFit board, as that is whether it's because the guy's being lazy or the woman's got a new job or is not spending time, or because they're just getting older or they just can't deal with that kind of pressure, or even worse, they're letting themselves down. They're not coming in. They're blowing off a day. Here it is. I propose that's a massive reason to quit. I propose it's a massive reason to in jiu-jitsu to sort of be kind of start being an asshole. Like there are a lot of people who in jiu-jitsu, they're just not quite doing it anymore. And they're but just that, starting I would, to be like, I you would, know what? I could beat you anyway, but I know, they just go too hard. or they. But just, I, I
1: would I would say that, yeah, you know what? That happens all the time. That is, it's a huge thing that happens, but that's what separates the average from the excellent. You know what I mean? Like you, that's, that's, what, that's what separates the average from the excellent. It's like Chris Howder says, man, it's not who's best it's who's left is
2: it is it you guys job to keep those people as they go down the the board coming back is it your job to inspire them to stay
0: absolutely i mean i i i think uh, you even i mean say um say injury um i mean you should be i mean somebody somebody messes up an arm uh, if you're like, oh, that's, I mean, like that, that's unfortunate. Um, guess what? You have uh, other appendages you can work out. Yeah, you, you have so much you can do. Um, I mean, I I know, like my personal experience, like yeah, my numbers are going down because I'm, I can't perform with the twenty something year olds anymore my body's getting to the age where like, where, where I got to be a little bit smarter and, and, and train differently. And I can't train with 20 somethings anymore. Like I used to, like I was putting up way bigger numbers not too long ago. And now my body's kind of like, meh, we're not doing this anymore. Um, so, um, like even like my own personal experience, like my numbers are going down, but I still, uh, I'm not taking myself out of the game. We're like, okay, I can't train like that. So I've got to train, change my perspective, my, um, my way of thinking to keep on moving in that forward direction. And that's, and I definitely use that experience to, um, coach younger kids or y- younger adults, older adults. And be like, Oh, that's like, like, yeah, your, your numbers aren't that big as, as, as a, as that guy but it, it you need to just keep on doing this, you need to keep on testing yourself, but testing yourself may be a little bit safer um so I don't know if that is is, is it just
2: one how do you make it positive is is it just one long descent into hell
1: no well <laughs> it's not so the other thing is 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 what you're doing no matter if you're um your numbers are going down or or However, you're measuring what you're doing. The ultimate measurement should be: Is it making your life better as a whole? If it's making your life better, then keep doing it, no matter what the numbers are. I mean, CrossFit. I mean, we're talking about, I don't, I don't write, my, I don't write my score down anymore. I don't keep score, right? Who gives a are shit? You allowed, are you allowed to say Yeah, that? yeah. I'm, I'm allowed to do whatever I want. <laughs> who's who's going to tell me no? Uh, um. But but it, I I could care less about my score. But I know that going all the time and going as much as I do and is it, just making my life better. It's making my jujitsu better. It's making my everyday life better. You know what I mean? So I'm going to keep doing it. same thing with jujitsu. I could get tapped by every one of my students from now to the end of time. But I know that going up there and teaching them jujitsu and devoting myself to something and staying passionate about something is only going to make the rest of my life better.
0: Yeah, I think it's one of those things where it's like it is like. Did you? Did you hold back or did you put yourself out there? And I think that's kind of like the overall... No holding frame. back, buddy. No yeah. holding back. This has become like an overall theme of, of of today's podcast. Is like, did you hold back or did you put yourself out there? I mean, like, it, like yeah, your numbers aren't as big, but instead of uh, doing like a high rep count of 135 pounds on a barbell, you're doing 95 pounds, but... You still worked as hard as your body was allowing you to. Same thing with Jujitsu. Are you maximizing
1: like, your human potential? Are you
0: maximizing your human potential? Like you, yeah, you're a black belt, and you're older, and you're rolling with blue belts that are <clears throat> that just have that youthful one up on you. Are you still challenging yourself, and are you still challenging them? Right. I mean, like, like, are did you hold back at all? Um, were you working your, your, your fullest potential? Right. So that's, that's kind of like where, where you need to be. It's like, do you go home and sleep well at night?
1: Can you put your head on the pillow and knowing you put everything in, man? Hell yeah. That's yeah. how
0: you should, that's how you should be every single day. Um, it doesn't mean that you have to go out and completely destroy yourself, which is something I'm learning lately. Is like, you don't have to go out and destroy yourself every single day, but you do need to learn how to push yourself and push yourself into realms that that that, that um, you're slightly uncomfortable with, um, and you are pushing yourself into workouts, and you're pushing yourself even if it's a light weight, you're pushing yourself through a workout and working as hard as you can with that light weight, or you're rolling with guys that are uh, not as high ranking in your jujitsu uh, in, in in your in your. Bell class, I mean, like across. This goes across all boards. Well, I think even that racquetball. Right. You're you're, right. you're an old guy. You've been playing racquetball for so <laughs> long. You're, I mean, you would used to dominate racquetball again. You used to dominate <laughs> so hard with <laughs> racquetball,
1: and like this young dude comes in, and just starts kicking your ass because. Well, I think this is a statement, and I feel like I don't know if I've said this before on the podcast, but I know I've said this before in general. Is I think the term the your best is often not taken for what it actually is. It's your best. Do the best you can. Your best
0: does not mean measure it off somebody else. It's your best. So as long as
1: you're doing your best and whatever you decide you want to do, then you're doing it. Do you, Boo-Boo. Right. Do you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, on that note. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I think this includes our
1: broadcast day. Right. Yeah, I need to get the fuck out of here. Got shit to do. Yeah. So, uh next
0: weekend, we were are going to be in Philly.
1: Philadelphia, going to Philadelphia to re- reunite with those BJJ United boys. Men animals.
0: Ho- yeah, hopefully we're going to get some good sound out of that.
1: So, I definitely plan on bringing their their stuff to remote podcast and I definitely want to do one in the car on the way down and maybe in the car on the way back and kind of talk about or whatever and if it's if it's usable we will uh, put it out there but hopefully you can sit down with jared or pete or any of the black belts or, or guys down there and, and get some uh get some content for you guys um but we'll definitely try to do something remote next weekend at bjj united in Philadelphia mm-hmm. for
0: and eat lots of cheesesteaks cheesesteaks and we're gonna find a, a really good donut place that's right I'm breaking my no sugar
1: cycle. Get some (laughs) fucking donuts. I want like Instagram worthy donuts. So if you know where the best donuts are in Philadelphia, (laughs) hit Scott up at Pink Chips Yum (laughs) on Instagram. (laughs) Please tag me if you know
0: where the best donuts are. That's it. All right. Peace. Thank you for listening.